All right, welcome back to Anything Goes with Joe and Carla. And sweetheart, it is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you so much and happy Mother's Day. Well, they will be hearing this uh, probably what, one day after? I thought you were going to greet me. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, happy Mother's Day belated to all the mothers who are listening and um, I hope you enjoyed yesterday. Okay, sweetheart. So today we are doing a special motherhood episode. Yes. Focusing on moms and uh, what we've learned from moms and, uh, you know, what we appreciate about moms. Right. And the dark side. May dark side. Of oh, Totoo yan. May dark side ang mga mommies. Yes. So, but, but before, before that... We get... What we're into. Oh, what are we into? What are you into? What are you into? <laughs> Am I starting? Yeah, go start. Okay, I am going to mention, so I've mentioned TV shows and food items and stuff like that and books. This will be my first and maybe my only, because I don't do much of those, video game mm. or computer game. And uh, I, I love video games and that's why I don't play them so much, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, because so you know how... It's, it's a form of self-control. It's a discipline because you can't discipline yourself at a certain point anymore that you limit it, yep, right? Yep, yep, And so the one I play now since this pandemic started uh, is a game I've been playing since for years and it's still one of my favorite games, uh, Rome Total War. That's what I love about it. And uh, it's basically an empire-building game. Uh, I like those for some reason. Um, but you are you play the Romans or the Greeks or the the Germanic barbarians or the British barbarians, and you try to take over the world. What is especially appealing to you in this game? Is it the history side? Well, the history is definitely a treat, right. um, because you can imagine narratives in your head that you're like, oh yeah, this is the time that that Roman general was foolish and he attacked the Parthians and they demolished him in the desert because of his arrogance. So stuff like that but it's also fun because okay i'm gonna get a little bit technical so yeah, see if you can gonna, follow along I'm, i was looking forward to it because i mean you don't play video games just because you want to get a bit of history yeah there must be something technical about it too well the total war series um started with shogun total war so it's a japanese one and the reason why what makes this series interesting and what was so radical about it when it first came out was it looks like a huge big picture game like imagine a board game like you're playing a board game and you're moving pieces around so imagine like you know those documentaries or movies about war where they have like their troops represented in figurines right. and then they move them along mm -hmm, in a map mm -hmm. it's kind of like that so you do that and hopefully you can um, surround the enemy or have a bigger army than theirs when they get there but then when, when the battle is fought the view zooms in you can choose to you can automate it and say fight the battle for me but you always perform better if you control it yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can direct your troops like a general in battle. And you can say, you, I want wow. you to attack from the back. And so it has all the elements of like energy. If you, you can't, it's not like other games where the troops are just really computers where they don't care. Mm -hmm. If you make your troops hike up a mountain to attack the enemy, by the time they get there, they're going to be tired and they're not going to want to attack anymore. Mm -hmm. Um if you position your general right behind your troops, they'll be encouraged and they'll fight longer. Uh, as long as they feel like there's hope, the troops will keep fighting. Once they feel hopeless, they'll start to run away. So there's all of those energy, morale, um, encouragement, discouragement. That's all a factor 
It seems like to me that video games have this appeal of um, like how much of it it can engage can engage the person who's yes, playing. Yes, yes. Because I'm not really into video games, so I wouldn't understand. But but yes, is you're it right. Like the the more engaging, like personally, like how it engages the player and how engaged the player is, how big of a role that player has in a game, that actually determines, uh, like what kind i mean like the um the level of quality of video game that you're playing is 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 that correct for like um, all video games for or not sure really? engagement is a big part of it but then there's different kinds of people and actually different kinds of games because there's different levels of engagement you want to have yeah, so yeah, for example yeah. rome total war so there would be people who don't really like to engage much and they're like i'm just playing for whatever <laughs> like the games your mom plays uh, okay Right, so that like Candy Crush or stuff like, like that. Like non-thinking. Right, and pampalipas ng oras yon. That's like I'm in line in the bank. Okay, let me just play something, mm-hmm. uh, quick. And then there's other ones that can go really deep. So there. I see. So I'm into Rome Total War. I I like taking over the world with my faction. I love uh using small numbers. So Philip watches all the time, and he he's now curious about Rome and and the phalanx of Greece and. He always asks me, why do you attack with less people? And that's always the challenge that I like to put myself to. Like, attack with a smaller army, but a better-led smaller army. So, right. that's mine. Okay. What's yours? What am I into? Um. Okay, so I I already said that I've been into podcasts. Yes. Like, the past few. I don't know when that episode was. I think was. it was the last one, the nature, nature stuff. Yeah, and then now... I'm like I'm getting more into it. I'm following more and more. People. Okay, guys, let me just say, Carlos hasn't has her AirPod in her ear all day now. So as long as nobody's at the house and she's by herself, she's just listening. She's I holding Manu and listening to podcasts all day. That's the game changer for me, really. Huh? So that's a game changer for me. Like the AirPods really made a difference in my life mm-hmm. because now, I mean, uh, Philip. I've already had Philip for six years, but he was he was nothing like. Manu, mm-hmm. my second born, who is like moving all the time. Yeah. And so even watching is a bit of a hassle yeah, for me because yeah. I, I need to have my eyes on the boy. Yes. Um, not really like covering too much, but it's really more like I want to see if he's putting something dangerous into his mouth yeah. or if he's going to fall off. Uh-huh. Um, so I need to have my eyes on the boy. And so my ears are now actively listening to something. And I've been into podcasts and... One of the best ones that I've heard lately is from Brene Brown. So I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Brene Brown, but she's this girl who studied vulnerability. Well, she's I think she's an anthropologist yes. and she studied um, like certain communities for a period of um, how many years? 20 years. And she she was the one who had, I wouldn't say groundbreaking, but she she gave a TED talk that earned like millions and millions of views because it just hit something that everybody recognized as important in life and that was the need for connection and vulnerability now she just recently started a podcast and it's called unlocking us and one of the episodes that i heard is um inter her um brene brown interviewing vivek murthy okay i've never heard of him before and i actually have a wikipedia description of who he is he is an american physician and former vice admiral in the public health service commission corps so he's a doctor 
Yeah. So he's a doctor. Like and, an army doctor. But he was guested on the show because he had doctor. um he had uh he wrote a book on loneliness. Mm. And so the topic for that certain podcast is loneliness. And when I was listening to it, I it, I think I just really related so much to what he was saying. Mm. And I think it's something that a lot of people need to hear because they probably were lonely at some point, but never really recognized it as loneliness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to read it out loud. I'm, I, I had a couple of notes and it says here that in literature, what you would find, this is what Vivek Murthy says, loneliness is a discrepancy or a gap between connections you need and social connections you have. And I don't know if you can distinguish the difference, but yeah. um, an example would be you have a lot of people in your house who love you and you are connected to these people, mm-hmm. but these are actually not the connections you, well, not only the only connections you need in life. Right. And he goes on to say that there's like three dimensions for connections and okay. one is personal, one is relational, and the other one is collective. The personal is more like the intimate, the my family. relatives, my family. Okay. So a spouse would fall under that. But then relationships are more like your friends, your peers. And I do I do I do get that. Like there are things that I could talk about with my girlfriends that I can't talk about with you. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't connect on that. Like if we talk about mascara and lipsticks and skincare. And even other stuff. Like, a lot like, of, like you talk about like mommy problems. Right? Yeah. Like I'm, like, I'm just uh, stating okay. the obvious. Yeah. I mean, like I can't talk to you about lipsticks. And or even like let's use the video games earlier you know it was fun talking to you about this now but you don't get it uh, as much as like somebody else would. right exactly and it would be like eh, okay gusto ko ng kabounce off eh so that's ganun. where the relational dimension of connection okay so relational is friends comes in yeah it's more like that okay. uh, not really friends but maybe even shared interest I okay. would say okay. I mean I'm just like uh, I'm 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 understanding from one simple podcast, so I haven't really read the book. I like the shared interest because you need that. Eh? Yes, you need people who, you know, like sometimes as a church we say, okay, love everybody, right? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to love everybody. That's true. That's true. And for example, for me as a pastor, there's the added duty of vocation where everybody I should build a relationship with. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, the reality is... You just don't get along with everybody. Yeah, and not everyone's going to be your friend in the sense of like like real friendship. Right. They're spiritual family, mm-hmm. for sure. But I, I'm not going to be able to carry a conversation as effortlessly as with other people. And sometimes they might not even be followers of Jesus. But we might have the same levels yeah, of interest. Yeah, I mean, like I've got my block friends like the ones that i went to school with about literature and we all read the same thing right right and you not a lot of people read probably and so we we throw in jokes that only a few people would get and i feel like that falls under that second dimension of relationships you know what i envy i envy that you had a block uh after the age of you know when social media was around so you guys could stay in touch and you know just recently i think last year our uh, block Viber and Facebook groups have come alive. And I'm so grateful to right. connect with these people again. I mean, yeah, because I mean, you know the same things yep, and you yep. enjoy talking to them about it. And the third dimension would be collective. And collective is What's more that? related to like your sense of purpose, your vocation, your vocation, or like. Um, Why didn't they say professional? Bigger. Huh? Why didn't they say professional? 
I don't know. Okay. Uh, I haven't really read the book, but I, I think it makes sense for me. At least when I heard it, I was like, I guess yeah. even if you're not paid, if it's like a passion project. Probably. It's like, or maybe maybe that's how um, followers of Christ are. Like, okay. We yeah, part of all a larger are very story. different. We're very diverse, but we all need that kind of connection. Mm-hmm, like I mm-hmm. have that kind of connection. Like when you say a sister in Christ, I have a kind of connection with them. That I probably don't have with my own sisters. But they are my sisters from my mom. Right. You get what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, purpose. You said it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I need to read more of like what this guy, this physician, Dr. Vivek Murthy, um, wrote in his book to really understand it. But I, the, the, the thing that got me the most is that loneliness is is not as easy as looking at it Uh, looking at a person who's always alone Mm -hmm. or always sad it's very stereotypical Mm -hmm. he says that it manifests in different ways sometimes in anger Mm -hmm. in hatred Mm -hmm. so i can believe that yeah so but if you guys want to listen to that just go and search up Brene brown the name of her podcast is unlocking us and look for the guest um, Dr. Vivek Murthy, and you'll find that you know, topic on loneliness. Yeah. I mean, loneliness is, is an important topic. Um, there was that, even that influential thinker in, in our time uh, who said, uh, my loneliness uh, is, is, killing. is killing me. Yes. Um, and I. I. I don't know how it goes, but I didn't listen that much to it. <laughs> <laughs> Basta, yon. I, I like Brene Brown also. I read a bunch of her stuff. Uh, not a bunch, but I, I think ako yung nauna eh. Then I told you about it and I was no, like... No, nauna na ako. I, ah, talaga. You bought her book, but I've known her from like... What, oh, from the from the TED Talk. Yeah, yes, from three yes. years ago. So I bought her book and I was like, look, you gotta read this. Um, A word of... uh Caution? What? Not caution. Like, we're taking it along with the gospel. So when she says, look within and find that I'm worthy, she gives no reason for why that is true other than to believe that you are worthy. Right. Um, for us as followers of Jesus, we're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense in that I am not worthy on my own, but Jesus makes me worthy. So if we're taking like a spoonful of Brene Brown, it's always accompanied by that. So Yeah, I mean like even in this podcast they talk about how vulnerability is important, like how like it all begins with a connection with oneself mm-hmm. and how comfortable you are in your own skin knowing that you are like this and you can be like this with certain connections in your life. Mm-hmm. So you remain um what, okay about everything, you're not insecure, you're not I do get that. But I think what's missing in this, well, at least in this podcast and her message, at least for me personally, because mm-hmm. others would take her without, you know, questioning, without, that they'd be completely fine with what she offers. Mm-hmm. But for me, I feel like you need to be comfortable in your own skin, but at the same time, comfortable in knowing that you're not perfect. Yeah. Because with her, I feel like her message is, you are enough. Wh- whatever you are, whatever you offer, you are already worthy. Right. And, at a certain point, yes, I believe that, but to a certain degree. But I also have to inject that other thing in me that, yes, I am comfortable with who I am. I am enough. I'm worthy. But I also know that I'm not perfect. And something else 
has to make me worthy. And that for me is the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Kind of solves all for me. Great. So that was uh, Rome Total War and Brene Brown's podcast. Yes. Now, moving to our topic of the day. Topic of the day. Sweetheart. So, motherhood. Let's begin with, I actually asked this to like a couple of girls. We had a, um, uh, a Zoom call the other night. And the question was. This is with your abide group. Yeah. Okay. Um, the question was, what was the best thing that you learned from your mom? Oh, that's good. So, do you have an answer for that? I have a lot of answers for I that. I know, me too. Do I go first or do you go first? <laughs> go. Oh, go ahead. Well, yung answer ko muna in that call was, my mom would always say as I was growing up, no, um, Dibali nang may masabi ka sa kanila, basta wag lang silang may masabi sa yo. And I can see that philosophy uh, playing out, go- governing her even until now. I know, even me too. It's like I'm. It's uh, like I I actually posted this on my Instagram. It's kind of like she was unwittingly telling me that you know, speck in your own eye before you check yeah, the ones yeah, yeah. in your brothers. Uh-oh. And I I super appreciate her for that because it really governs me in the way that. I interact with other people because, you know, human beings have a tendency to compare. Yep. And human beings have a tendency to spot what is always wrong about the other people. Yep. Before even really checking oneself. Yep. And um, I feel like I, I brought that with me. That, that was kind of like um, her raising a similar person in me mm-hmm. by just, you know, saying that. And he she would always say that before because... When we when I used to work for TV, we would have like super early call times, and not everyone would go on time, and probably say um, they would ask us to be on the set six a.m., seven a.m., eight a.m. I'll be there talaga six a.m. because my mom would tell me, "You you better be on time. We you we are professional. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if everybody else comes on time, but we will come on time," and. I feel like that was really, really helpful for me growing up and until now. Mm-hmm. Because it gives me a check eh, na, oh, sige, hindi sila okay, hindi sila fair. Pero, I can say that about them. But, if I am fair and if I'm on time, I'm professional, at least they can't say, I'm doing my part. So, I, I can do my part from wherever I am in the world to make it at least a little better. I mean, I... I I'm checking more of what I can do, not what others what others cannot do or can do. Yeah. And that actually helps me understand your family a lot more because um you you guys tend to serve or save your most critical examinations for yourselves. Mm-hmm. Like for your siblings and and that's an act of love. For me, for my outside, it's going, whoa, what's going on? Why are they so critical of each other? No, it's because we subscribe to that philosophy. Now, let's keep our house clean. Let's keep our finances clean. Let's do that before we try to impose on other people what they should be doing. And mm-hmm. k- kaya, you know, it's, it breeds a lot of people who are very reflective about their own behavior. People who are uh, very, because um, like, like your, your siblings, I had to check myself first whenever they give an opinion about what, what people outside should be doing. 
And I see it most of all with you, of course. Yeah, always. No, may, se- uh, may self-reference kami mm. na this is what I think of others. Pero ako kasi, this is what I checked about myself already. Uh-oh. So parang before everybody else, the self muna. Yeah. Which has its own <laughs> dark sides also. Yeah. Could be mayabang sometimes and could be uh, overly self-sufficient. And um, not wanting insular. help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The not wanting help from outside and not open to ideas from outside. Could, right, right. Could go that way. Lahat naman eh. Yeah, I mean, kasi fallen tayo eh. <laughs> Oo. But sabi ni Brene Brown, you're worthy. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I was thinking about uh, greatest from my mom and it's a lot. And it made me think, nga, sweetheart, honestly, of how you um, would say that it's important to set the environment for children. Mm-hmm. And I realized that a lot of... Because when I think of... When I was younger, that even like five years ago, before we had Philip, or six years ago, um, if you ask me my influences, I would point to my dad. And a lot of what I would point to would be things my dad did and said. So actions, like things he did, you know. So I have solid memories of actions done right or wrong but with my mom I realized so much of it was yes actions yes words but also so much of it was environments that she set up right and so when I think of the environments I grew up in and I shaped me and I think that was my mom you know and you don't want to separate it too much you know God made them man and wife and they're they're, they're one and so you don't want to say si mom lang yan hindi si papa yan but Really, who set up the books that way? Who made sure that we would be able to dialogue back and forth? Who engaged my questions at a very young age? Uh, it, it was my mom. And so I can think of a few things uh, that have been so powerful in my life. And it was my mom setting that stage. So one is uh, the love for different kinds of food. <laughs> That's totally yeah. my mom. Well, um, I am now a victim also. Yeah, so thank you, mom. Uh, your your legacy uh, has right. been passed on I to know. one of the most reluctant and yet now one of the most joyful. Very effective, mom. <laughs> but I can think of like two incidents that were very strong about mm-hmm. that. And then a number of reminders along the way. Mm-hmm. One was I was picked up from school on the way home. So there were some years that... Uh, my parents would pick us up. There were some years that my family could afford to have a driver. And there were some years na nagto school, hindi nga school bus, a school jeep kami. So, this was one of those years that we had a driver. And uh, I got picked up and I was stuck in traffic and there was a cookbook in the car. Mm-hmm. And I began reading that cookbook in traffic and I was maybe mm, seven or eight years old. And to me, that was the first time na, oh wow, Ganito pala magluto, napaka-interesting pala nito and it made me more curious. Now, as a child, I was notoriously picky with my food and I wouldn't even eat vegetables. I would hide it. I hated certain foods. And then another like revelatory incident came when I was 15, 16 because I hated tomatoes and my mom cooked this tomato dish for me. Mm-hmm. And she kept saying, don't knock it till you've tried it. And she said that so many times. Like, don't... Just try it first. Just try it first. And finally, I tried it. It had tomato and mozzarella and basil. Uh, and it was just eye-opening for me. Yeah, it changed na. Yeah, na. And from that time on, nothing was off limits. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to try everything. Right. So, there. It was the environment that, that she said. Correct. 
That's one. Yeah, I think, I think that that's really even if you didn't want to separate like what your mom did and what your dad did. Most that was clearly my mom. People yeah. would really have that kind of setup where the mom is really is the the like the homemaker. Mm-hmm. So they are in charge of the environment because yeah. that's mainly your environment as you are growing up. I mean, yep. it's the most consistent thing in your life. Yep. Like your home. I mean, your your school could change, your communities could change, but your home is your home. And I feel like that's really the touch of a mom. I mean, I, I'm I'm not I'm not generalizing because I'm I'm pretty sure that there are couples out there who have a yep. different kind of setup yes. due to whatever belief or needs in life. But more or less moms do that. And I like how you said consistent because it's what you see every day. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what I got from my mom also. Like mm-hmm. you guys would comment about the way I would um, like fix up the house. And that's from my mom. Endlessly. Endlessly. Endlessly <laughs> fix up the house. Because like growing up, my mom really just did all of that. Like she made sure that the home felt like a home and that Christmas really felt like Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so everything like the house was dressed um, according to the season and uh, I did you know read it in a couple of mommy books that how this is an important part for um, your family like how they felt inside of the home and how they felt every season as well yeah yeah because it kind of sets a tone the atmosphere you are the one who's setting that for everybody including the husband yeah yeah and I, and I feel it now. I do. I know I tease you about it, and I don't like it when it's my day off and you want me to move furniture around, um, spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It does set the tone. Right. That's what's amazing about it. And and you can see, like even even I respond because I I can see it in Philip clearly, uh, responding where he gets excited. You know, he's because like, what's the day? What's yeah. the day? You know, <laughs> spaces tell you what to do. Spaces tell you to relax or to be hurried. Like, you just don't know how much of your space is telling you to be the way that you are right now. If you are feeling stressed, look around. This is why, um, what's her name? Joy? Spark Joy? Marie Kondo. <laughs> Marie Kondo. Mm-hmm. Marie is a big hit because she's like minimalist mm-hmm. and she gets, does away with clutter. And th- that there's a reality to it that if your environment is cluttered, mm-hmm. you end up thinking in a cluttered way as well. Your mind will be cluttered as yes, well. Yes, yes. And so moms kind of have it on their backs to do that, like clean up your place and you know set it up your set up your spaces in a way that will dictate the atmosphere in your home. Yeah, that's so true. And I like that you said atmosphere also because. Um, and this is going to make for a fascinating conversation on our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. You know, when you just say, what was the atmosphere? In your home. In, that's it, you yeah. know. Um, for me, one, you know, I, I said love of culture and food. That That's totally my mom. My dad, because can be very simple. Like, he can enjoy it when he wants to. And he can be like, ah, enough. Uh, mm-hmm. Inefficient. <laughs> he doesn't like uh, those uh, things. Uh, uh. My mom loves diversity. So, like, even before you were dragging me to museums and stuff like that. My mom was doing that and wanting to watch different kinds of shows. The other thing is a love for learning. So she is one of the most voracious readers I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would say she probably still is the most, you know, like, because she read everything. Right. Like, literally everything. Um, 
if it was in front of her, if it was in her house, she would pick it up and read it. So I would bring home detective books, like Hardy Boys books. And then I would notice, I'd put it beside my bed when I sleep. And I'd notice when I wake up na ginalaw siya. Mm-hmm. It's because she got it while I was sleeping and read it in one night and then put it back. Right. Just to, part of it to check up on me, but part of it, I think she's really she has just a, really, yeah. a curious mind. Yes. So my mom can be into anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you can see that in me na rin na. I grew up loving to read and she would and one one of her techniques for doing that which I'm, I love doing to Philip now is she would read us books and then purposefully leave us hanging right. when she would see that our our I know uh, our our curiosity was at its peak she would say you know what it's very late you have to go to sleep and then she would hide that that stupid book she would hide yeah, it because yeah, yeah. she knew that I would look for it and she would hide it so that I would listen to you know the story time the next day and uh, we've been doing that with Philip here, even in the pandemic. And it's been effective. Huh? It's so yeah. effective because anytime you say, hey, Philip, do you want to read? Yes. Like he'll drop the TV remote. He'll run off and look for, you know, because he's looking forward right. to reading. So I grew up with that environment, you know, that, that atmosphere. And she was always reading. And I think what you're saying there or what you're seeing in your mom is that you said it and uh it's not because she's just checking up on you, but yes. because she genuinely likes to read. Yes, and I feel like yes. this is the gift of mothers also, just because of the sheer time that they get to spend with their children. Mm-hmm. Their personhood kind of rubs off the yeah, yeah. their children, whether they like it or not, for, yeah. for good or for bad. Or whether they acknowledge it or not. <laughs> yeah, because like you, you turned out to be a reader. And me, I feel like for me, no, that was like my mom being a hard worker. Mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. Whenever I get up, she's already up. Yeah, she yeah. wakes up early and she's like all around the house doing, 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 doing. So she's for good and for bad. Na rin. Yeah, Kasi yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mom's like, have she has a hard time just resting and not doing anything. <laughs> and I kind of got that, which is so good as a worker. Like I would easily please um, my employers because of how hardworking I am, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I got from her. However, you don't work hard for everything in life. Like, yeah. You don't, you're not an employee inside of your home. Yeah. Like, you're not an employee to your husband. You're not an employee to your, to your children. Yeah. And so, sometimes I still have that work mode, work attitude that kind of takes away from the whole, let's just have fun. Let's yeah. just love each other. Yeah. So, for You've better changed or for a worse. Lot. I, I want, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, even now that we're in this pandemic and we're around your mom a lot, I can see you reminding her of that. Like, because she's always like alert, like, where are the kids? Yeah. Where, where are the, and you're like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know what? The yung anxiety niya, ha? I could see it so well, like these days, na parang I have my own kid and then she's now with us and I can see how she's like hovering over some things which a lot of mothers do yeah. I do that too and you know I, it takes a lot of effort for me to stop myself but I see that na parang, oh, she was able to pass that on to me even that anxiety of I think you've changed this. a lot though Don't honestly do huh? you've changed a lot from when we got married yeah I, I, I have because even like your celebration of honestly for me why I like that you watch K-drama it's mm-hmm. like, oh, there's something she likes. She just likes it. It's not making yeah. the house nicer. I was telling my friend, eh, you know what? And I told her because she's exactly like me as well, told Ia. I said, you know why I like watching? I, 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 I could tell who yeah. you were going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because we, we, we can all relate to ano eh, Iron Man. Na when he finally died. Okay, spoiler alert. What? 
Na he, oh, come on, man. I was going to watch all the movies. The, the, la- the latter part, no, where I mean like the last part, where that you also have a heart, the proof that you also have a heart. Mm. That's kind of like me and Ia. So we we could relate very I much. I think she has one. Yeah, we we do naman. Parang okay. siya lang, no? Ako wala. But no, no, I've known you have one. Hers, <laughs> I, I think we've, it's... No, but it's a recent development in our lives also. Like yeah, So yeah. that's why we would talk about it. And, and I told her, you know why I like watching K-drama? K-drama kasi makes me feel. Mm-mm. Makes me have a heart. It awakens that kind of like um, sensory and whole soul part of yeah. me. That delikado pala maging kaibigan natin no na feature sa podcast. Uh-oh. <laughs> so good luck sa you, Ia. Well, um back to your mom. You know, all of that is formative kasi, 'di ba? Kasi it's like she had her own history and yes, her own definitely. challenges with her own mom that made her that way. But yeah, atmosphere environment. Siguro for the third thing that my mom that, that probably the most important. Um she had other stuff also that that I can feel like caring for the least. She was like that. Like, she is like that. So, like, it drove me nuts. Na, what does so-and-so feel? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> why, why are we talking about that now? And what was so irritating would be, it would be often off-topic. You know, like, um, let's say we're having a political, or let's say, wag na lang controversial, the last dance. Diba? We're talking about the last dance, and we're talking about Michael Jordan, the Bulls. I- imagine this 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 kind of conversation would have happened often in our house. And us four, the three brothers, and my dad would be like so passionate. Like, they should have cut them. And my mom would interrupt with a question like, Do you know what I wonder? That Jerry Krause is painted as such a bad guy. What do his children feel? What do his children feel right now seeing their dad portrayed this way in the media? And everybody thinks their dad was insecure. What does <laughs> and it's like who cares? You know, like, you know that's your mom. But now I catch myself um thinking that way and I'm like, where did that come from? And in fact, it's point out that and I realized that your heart na oh nana that consistently was there. That she would always think about how does the least how does the underrepresented person feel? How does yeah. the one that we're probably dancing all around in our effort to achieve, 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 who are we not thinking about in this mm-hmm. time? That's totally her. Um, parties, she wants to make sure. So we grew up inviting total strangers right. <laughs> to Noche Buena because my mom was like, you know, somewhere in this city are people who don't have families and we are going to open our home to them for Noche Buena. And so as kids, we would be commissioned to a little bit older than a man, like like early teens, to go look. And at first, we weren't inviting. My parents would invite. They would look like, hey, this this person from our church lives in the province, but why didn't they go home? And when they find out, they're like, okay, you're spending Noche Buena with us. So we had like all kinds of different people in the house for Noche Buena. Um, some of them didn't even speak English or Tagalog. Right. Uh, that was the funny. That was a funny Christmas. Our someone is kind of opposite. We're not very into like opening our home to. Just but you had a anyone. big family, na kasi. Yes, I was gonna say that because we were a big family. Uh, again, no, <laughs> both good and bad. Um, we just loved our family so much. Yeah. Like it, and I feel like that's part of why I'm an introvert. 
because I don't really need to get outside of my family anymore for a community since we're such a large family. It's a community in itself. We had to live with each other. And, you know, we learned a lot about living with different kinds of people just by being with right, each other. Because right. eh, mm-hmm. And it was always fun. Like growing up, like my family was so fun. And I think also that what I got from my mom is she, no matter how much they had in life, like if they had a lot or if they had like very little, there would be regular vacations. We would always go out. And that's, ano, ha? if you, if you uh, um, account for the fact that we are a large family, mm-hmm. that's quite expensive. Right. And but inefficient. She, what? And inefficient. And inefficient, yeah. <laughs> but how could you be efficient <laughs> when you have so many number, like so many people in your family? But she regularly did that. And yeah. I feel like that instilled the love of travel in me. Like I always had to, and it was it was really going to be a part of my mm-hmm. my family life. Na kailangan lumalabas tayo. Hindi mm-hmm. pwedeng nasa bahay lang tayo we would go out and go to the beach yeah. go to Baguio so these are things that my mom really protected or guarded as we were growing up that you know everything else could change mm-hmm. but we will always travel and we will travel together yeah. we will not travel just by ourselves I think they rarely did that they probably just did that once I personally think that I can see that now like even now like Hopefully, we're not picking up too much of the ambient sound, but so much of your family are downstairs. Yeah, oh, mga 1,000 With the kids. <laughs> and uh, no, they're not violating ano, the... <laughs> I'm just kidding. The shelter in. But there's a lot of them. And honestly, when you guys get together, nobody needs to do anything else. Mm-hmm. You like you don't need to add any spice. It's like there will be entertainment. One of the, the, the nieces is going to sing or dance. They're going to joke oh. around. There's enough volume. Sufficient volume. Um, and I wonder if that's why, talking about you now, why, because I read, I, I, I don't know where I got, I picked this up recently, but someone was telling me about the essence of connections that people need to have. And you need, you have personal ones, which is family, and you seem to have had a lot of those. But you, there are two others, because relational and collective. Collective. Yeah, oh, well, you know this. So relational <laughs> and collective. And I wonder if, because in terms of life development, those came much later for you mm-hmm. than they did for me. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, because your family was such a huge foundational stone, that the relational part was like, oh, okay, I can wait for that. It wasn't yeah. urgent to develop it right away. And collective as well. Mm-hmm. That, that I think that's really key to yeah. who I am. If you want to understand who I am, go and be with my family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's like people think that you're sharp-tongued or or frank when you speak. It's like it's nothing compared to your in family. This family. <laughs> I'm the sheep in this family. Yeah. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, that's... And a whole lot of that is my mom. And, yeah. um, well, kind of sad to say. It's also because my mom is like the bigger figure in our family more yeah. than the dad. So We'll get to fatherhood. Yeah, we'll get to fatherhood, but not now. Kung ayon yung magiyakan. Pero, yeah, so that was my mom defining so much of how we do um, family life. Yeah. Even her, her value for service. Like, she's just, even at her age right now, she's like, 
you can see that she's old and she's not really as strong as she was before. But she will try to do everything. Yeah. To first one serve you. I have to Second. push her away from the from washing the dishes. Yeah. I'm like, stop wash. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. So that's one. One serving you into making sure that she's not gonna be a burden to you. I yeah. think that's one thing that I got from my mom, which again, no, for better or for worse, is in me. Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't wanna be a burden to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I and so I will get up. And do all of my work so I won't be a burden. I'll get out of your way mm-hmm. if you don't need me. But sometimes also, to a fault. Yeah. Parang, eh, but that's not reality that you won't ever be a burden to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I still keep thinking I'm on that role that I, I can't I can't burden you any way in any way possible. Yeah. I just want to be as light as I can be, make very little footsteps in your life so yung carbon footprint ko. <laughs> Sana maliit lang or almost wala. I remember when literal footsteps was one of the issues that 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 uh, your mom brought up with you about me. Yeah. Because my footsteps are so heavy. <laughs> yeah. And I was waking people up uh-huh. in, in this friend's house. And she was like, yeah, I heard he has heavy footsteps. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> because honestly, growing up... Uh, I remember my dad's footsteps and how they would like, you know, not shake like in a dangerous way, but you could hear it. Like you, it would be shaking the second floor. And to me, that was like a sign of, oh, okay, adulthood. Like when your footsteps are that heavy or when you are that old, your footsteps will be that heavy. So all of us were like that, like running up the stairs and running down the stairs and like, 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 like horses. And then so when you brought that up with me, I was like, Really? Are there adults with soft footsteps? And I started paying attention. This (laughs) is an example of how uh, you were formed or you were shaped by your own background and how differently they can manifest or mean to you as you grow up. Because for you, it was like a good thing. It was a sign of adulthood. For us, at least for my mom, that was a sign of disrespect. Yeah, and that's why it was such a big deal. And I didn't understand at the time. I thought, what? What? Yeah, because my mom about was like, that? and then now it's like ah, because it's a value beneath. Kinyan siya talaga. Pag natutulog yung isa sa amin, parang she would get so mad at us for being so loud when somebody else was sleeping. Mm-hmm. So she valued the rest of um, my siblings or myself, and she would really do everything to protect that rest. Yeah, we we didn't do that. <laughs> like poor, poor David because David would be the one who would say I need my sleep or or these are my toiletries or, or this is my space mm-hmm. and Josh and I were like what what and, and, like waking people up or grabbing yeah. whatever is immediately within arm's reach so. yeah so that's my mom there's your mom but now we let's talk about like the dark side of mommyhood because I mean like there's so much when I was talking to the girls on the Zoom call for Abide, that Abide weekly check-in that we do, um, we all share different things. Like how we are sharing different things mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. as well. But um, it all ends with how we make a resolution out mm-hmm. of how we were formed. We are actually making a, whether you say it or not, you have a resolution in your heart about uh, the how way that you're be. gonna be yeah. with other people, yeah. how you're gonna be with your children, how are you, how you're gonna be as a wife or as a friend. I mean, you just give back. You give to the world so much of what was put, put in you, you. Yeah. by your mom. Mm-hmm. And I, it really reminded me about that quote that John MacArthur said. 
mothers are the makers of men and the architects of the next generation because we really do have like that designing power that we're really most of us probably are not aware of you're already designing a generation along with other mothers of you, of that generation um, as we raise them as we feed them in our homes as we clothe them as we speak to them and so this is also why um motherhood is exciting but also scary at the same time yeah yeah um and when we talk about this dark side i don't think we're talking about like our mom specifically well, but my just mom the idea. would have a dark side and she's pretty admitted about that and i i am admitted about my own dark sides as well i was hoping we could get into though like the idea in general yes because before we even get to like details about it it many people it's easy to idolize motherhood it's 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 very easy because it's it it's amazing you know it's so yeah, I mean, valuable we're, we're painted as heroes yeah and uh there's all the hyperbole about it right um uh this is the hardest job in the world correct stuff like that <laughs> okay and i remember say your joke eh? okay what's your joke no no magalit sa akin but the point is, um, whenever we exaggerate, if we exaggerate with the knowledge that we are exaggerating, then it is good. You know, it's like, oh, like Michael Jordan was flying. Nobody believes Michael Jordan can fly. Nobody wants Michael Jordan to save people from, from a falling building, you know. It's an exaggeration. But when we exaggerate so much that we don't even know it's an exaggeration anymore, and then we don't even allow people who point out that that's a little over the top, isn't mm-hmm. it? How dare you? How dare you? You know, then that's, that's we're already in the realm of, of misinformation, mm-hmm. of self-deception. For short, ang mga nanay, yes, malaking sacrifice. Yes, they can be heroes, but they're also human beings. Yeah. They are not, they're not perfect. Yes, and I like what you said because now I can actually appreciate it better. You know, because yeah. like growing up, I look at my mom. And, you know, the, the biggest legacy she had with us is her spiritual devotion, you know, her love for God. Every morning, just reading her Bible, praying in the Spirit, trusting God. And as a kid, it was like, oh, she's perfect. She just does this. Then as I got older, I thought, oh, she's not perfect. There's so many flaws in her. That just made, now the, every year that as that just makes how she was as a young woman and thinking, what did she know? What did she know? She was so clueless raising mm-hmm. these three boys. She doesn't have the resources we have now. She didn't have the the podcasts or the books or the trainings or even the mentors. She had one, you know, Stephen Deborah Merle. And their kids were younger than us. So she's hearing from mentors who's who haven't gone through what she's gone through. And she's like grabbing whatever visiting teachers here. It just so seeing the humanity behind it just makes me appreciate the person behind it even better. I agree. So if we can't see that, then we're actually missing out on, on what that is. Mm-hmm. So that's my first contribution to this part. Ikaw, on dark side. Dark side. You did mention a few already, like the working and not stopping. Mm-hmm. And I feel the, like, how you regret telling your well, husband to move furniture around during <laughs> his day off. I guess, you know, what I got from my mom that is both good and bad at the same time is that she's a very extreme person. So she can't. She doesn't have middles like me. Yeah, that's um, true. We when we're when we feel like we want to change up the house, 
there's no other way than no telling us that you you can't do that now. We, or we or just that have you only to, do this part. Or only do this part. When I want to change something, I'll change everything. Yeah. So, parang medyo ganun yung mami ko. And or like friendships. <laughs> what do you mean by friendships? Like, if you're my friend, you are my friend. Yeah, and I was I was, I was gonna actually um, uh, mention that about the dark side. Because okay. my mom doesn't have friends. My mom's friends are her children. And yeah. that is... I think she does have... She does, but she's not like... She's not the type to... You know how friends go out and have like a cup of tea or... She does that like, what, maybe a few times a year, I think. A few times a year and she would rather not. I, I think it's lessened over the years really? and she would rather like talk to family. And you know, that again, that's so good because she's the value for family is there. Mm-hmm. But then I see also how... Remember again, no? We go back to the three dimensions and yeah. I feel like She's oh, sorely, you got that from me. <laughs> sorely lacking in the second part, the relational. Yeah, and the collective. Yeah, and even that nga eh. Now we're, we're ano, sharing, shared interest namin, K-drama. Kaming dalawa. But then I'm her daughter. Ano mo yun? Parang wala talaga siyang friends. And you should add her to your K-drama discipleship group. <laughs> so Carla has a group with some friends. And I saw the group and I was like, who? What is this group? Like, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Because I'm trying to fit it into existing categories. And she goes, no, this is a K-drama group. And basically, they have a K-drama mentor, a few K-drama mentors. <laughs> and they disciple. So funny. They disciple. A that's K-drama what you're doing. Mentor. They disciple these, like, neophyte K-drama fans into the art and the discipline that is K-drama. One day, I am going to interview our K-drama mentor for the K-drama fans out there. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so my mom's like into K-drama now and I really have so much fun talking to her about it. It's just that I always, I often think, sino kayo talaga yung kaibigan ng nanay ko? And kasi, iba talaga yung relationship ng parent and child. Yeah. And I feel like, um, even, even like her hurts in life about us. Because moms do get hurt with their children. Like, who are you gonna talk to were... about that? And who are you gonna... Like, you gotta have, like, some BFF out there who can relate with you on that level that your children can't cannot ever provide. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, my mom has those. And so there were times, and I heard these stories when I was older now, that um, she would be hurt. Uh, with with me or or with my brothers, uh, especially because as three boys we would be very we could be very thoughtless and heartless. Now, <laughs> she go to the funniest story. <laughs> it's, it's Valentine's Day, so we, we didn't have girlfriends, and uh, so one day that the day before Valentine's Day, my mom said, "Hey guys, tomorrow's Valentine's Day." Okay. Or next week is Valentine's Day. And we were like, yeah. So we, this is a holiday we grew up ignoring. We don't care about this. And then she said, no, it's not just for your crushes or girlfriends, but it's for people you love. And we were like, really? Because it seems like in all of the media about it, it's just for romantic. No, it's for people you love. So I think you should get a gift for your dad on Valentine's Day. And we were like, Papa, 
wants a Valentine's Day gift from us? That's so weird. And so she kept bugging us for days. And so finally, the, the night before, we didn't do it. We were like, this doesn't make sense to us. Finally, the night before, she got us cards and she said, you're not moving until you write a card for your dad because you love him and you give Valentine's Day cards to people you love. And so these clueless, insensitive three boys are like, okay, fine, happy Valentine's Day, day Papa. So the next day, Valentine's Day, my dad wakes up and he has four Valentine's Day cards. <laughs> one from my mom and one from the three of us. And he's just confused, like, why would you give me a Valentine's Day card? And my mom was so hurt. She was so hurt. Because, because she had nothing. That was the point, you know. And, and of course, she should have said it because we're not going to get that. We're not going to think of that. <laughs> Though we could have been more sensitive. But my, my point is, you know, there were times that she would be hurt like that. But she has a huge circle of friends. And and she would just like go out for for tea or or go out and see a movie. And she would even go on trips with her sisters. Like she would be like, I, yes. I just want to go somewhere. Yes. And at yes. first I thought, why doesn't she want to be with us? But then she would always come back. And, and I thought, okay, this is, this is really healthy of her. And it wasn't even just at a point of need. It's just I really enjoy being around these people. And, um, and I see that. Like until now, everywhere she goes, she knows how to make friends. Yes. Which I think is like, hmm. You know what? There's a huge purpose behind that. I like it that you mentioned this story and how, you know, your mom has her own friends because I think early on in life I've already identified that, you know, I'm I'm probably going to inherit that in my like from my mom if I don't actively make a decision not to be like that. And um I think one of the ways that I found for myself as a mom would be um to deliberately find something that uh I, I take pleasure in or uh, I really enjoy like reading, hearing, watching, whatever it is to consume something that is not related at all to motherhood. Yeah. And it has to keep the person in me. Like I'm a woman before I am a mom mm-hmm. and I am Carla before I am Mama Carla. Mm-hmm. And so to preserve that part of me, not to say that, you know, you don't lose certain parts of you for motherhood because you will mm-hmm. you'd have to be more focused on your children for a certain season or a certain period of time and really forget about um a lot of what you can do by yourself when mm-hmm. before they came but it also has to be said that you have to you need to carve out time your own yes. time for yourself and th- i'm not even prescribing a certain number of hours or a certain way to do it just find that in your week in your day which for me is like kahit na 10 minutes lang i'll yeah. listen to something that i really really like yeah. na hindi related to motherhood so i i get to remember that you know i am a person i also have my own likes and dislikes mm-hmm. and i i i take interest in like these things that are not related to being a mom yeah and and it's very good not only for yourself but it, that's very good for your children yeah because then if you because if you put your children in that place where uh sila na lang yung everything mo you're making them into a god eh. At hahanapin mo yun eh. Yes, and now you're going to be, ano ba, what's the word for it? Parang, parang sisingilin mo sa kanila yeah. yun without yeah. you even being aware na you you need to do this for me because I gave up everything for you. Yeah. Then the, the solution is don't give up everything for them. Why, who says ba that you need to give up things that you like? Yeah. I, I, 
I feel for moms in that because you do give up so much. Yes. Like even the act of carrying a child rearranges your insights. And we've talked about this and maybe we'll get to this when we get to fatherhood. But um, we've talked about how little changes with me physiologically. Right. Like like besides my hair, you know, everything else is Mm-mm. like, oh, okay, it's like it was when I was 20. I'm not as as fast or as explosive when I play basketball if I ever was. But I'm not but I'm not uh, as quickly feeling the effects of parenting as you are. Mm-hmm. You, like you just, you know, every time you get pregnant, you know, every time you give birth, like when you breastfeed, all of these things have effects on you. And uh, I feel for that for moms because they do change so much. Yeah, there's, for, there's this meme nga, share it lang. Yung galing-galing talaga. Sabi niya na parang, this is dedicated to the children, no? Oh, because of you, I, saw, I pee okay, I, when yeah, I cough. That was a little TMI for me. But I know it's true. But yeah, that's what moms have to go through. My mom uh, gave up her career for us. And um, you and I firmly believe that that's not a choice that anyone should be forced to make. And she wasn't. She wasn't forced to make that choice. But she knew that that was what God was telling her to do. Uh, I even think back to my own life. Because in my first schooling experience, I was the slow kid in class. I was very slow, very discouraged. I didn't think I uh, I was doing well in school. And my mom spent one year homeschooling us. And then the year after that, I was top of the class. And, 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 and we moved to a different school because that school was too far from our house. So the year after that, I was top of the class. And that single year of homeschooling was like the biggest turnaround for me intellectually. And so I'll always remember that she gave up so much for that, Mm -hmm. for us. And I know that there were times that she would wrestle with, hey, these boys are becoming men. They don't need me as much. They don't talk to me as much. And you you should write her about it or invite her to speak because she's really insightful about that. And she knew to get that from God. Yes. So there would be times that I would feel like, leave me alone. You know, the usual where where the, the children would want to push off because they think that they, ha- they they already can survive on their own. And it's what you said, Ed, that when they become a god, that that's what's wrong. And actually pulled out, I don't need to quote it now, but in the book, The Great Divorce, which is one of our favorite books, right. uh, C.S. Lewis describes many encounters of people who, who really reject the gospel or find reject Jesus or find him and one of the saddest ones is in chapter 11 uh, where there's a mom who actually rejects Jesus and eternal life because she's made an idol of her child and it's a hard chapter to read because you think wow especially if you've been you know lauding the virtues of motherhood to the point that there are no there are no bad mothers or it's impossible to overlove your kids but what he points out is that that's not actually love because that's not from God. And, uh, you know, that's where motherhood can go dark, I think. Obviously, there's like the, the infanticide ones, the, the moms who, who <laughs> yeah. abandon I mean, their children. I mean, we're not including that that's here. That's not even wrong. motherhood. I won't qualify that as motherhood. Yeah, but that's even murdering. in the act of loving and serving and nurturing, apart from a perspective that God is at the center, that I am a person besides that Mm -hmm. and if you're married you are a spouse before that or even if you became a mom before you got married this marriage relationship takes preeminence uh to that when we put things in their proper places they all fall together 
But when we elevate one to the place beyond where God means it to be, no yeah. matter how good it and is, it gets dark. And we say this because that's really a tendency of moms. And I, I can see why. Because Understandable, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, it demands so much of a mom. I mean, physically palang for you to be rearranged inside of you just yeah. so this baby can be housed and, and even hormonally like like you, you you told me like the baby's cries yeah. affect you differently from than me yeah they did a study that this is like the documentary on Netflix babies na you when they study the brain different things light up in the brains of men and the brains of women when they respond to the cries of baby and it's just inevitable for women to be light sleepers in that sense because you're, something happens to you when you give birth that kind of activates that in you. I forget like the whole hormonal makeup and why that's so, but it really is more that's why men can sleep through the night even when babies are crying and women cannot. Yes. So like physiologically speaking, <laughs> so much can be changed about a woman and it could actually lead you to think that because you get to hold a helpless creature in your hands and you're thinking for a very long time because it feels so long because that stage just feels so long, Hannah. Parang, wow, hey, they cannot really live without me. I need to feed. I need to be constantly awake and see and check up if this, this being is still alive. And then one day, the being is already a little bit more self-sufficient yeah. than how he was when he was an infant or a newborn and but you've already that, that's been years already of trying to be there for the child and I, I feel like because that requires a lot of giving up nga, na I need to give this up just so I can prioritize a child now that you forget somewhere along the way and and you don't keep track na rin, no, of everything else that you've given up and have put that child into a position of you're going to be my everything. You're the center of my universe. Yeah. And now, when you don't want me, now when you what don't... What is left? Yeah, what's left? You become... This is why empty nesters feel awful. Because eh? they've centered and designed their lives around their children and all of a sudden, they, they no longer live with you. You no longer need to pursue that thing that you've designed for many many years of your life which is understandable but then again also preventable no when yeah. you're early on palang in your life you must make a conscious decision that um i cannot make gods out of my kids yeah i need to have god as my god and i need to remember that he has made me into the certain woman even before they came and I need to pursue that calling. The first, the call to him before the call to motherhood. Right, that's amazing. And when we put God where He's supposed to be, then we can relate to the other relationships. Like, because I read this thing, like you have personal relationships, <laughs> relational relationships, and collective ones. And God Framework has to be the, natin yan, the middle. <laughs> um, for us, naman as sons and daughters who have mothers, the Bible is clear. Honor your father mm -hmm. and your mother. And I love what you said uh, in an earlier podcast, maybe two podcasts ago, where honor doesn't mean obedience mm -hmm. automatically. Now, for many kids, especially those who are still living at home, it does mean that. But what it means even more than that is value. Value your, 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 your father and mother. Value God the most. And, you know, whatever else. But we should... Uh, value them as well mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean being blind to their faults mm -hmm. in fact we could actually value them more because 
we can say, you know what, I'm going to honor you even though this is the effect of your parenting on me because I see now that, you know, you had your own stuff to deal with, your own stuff to go through, and yet you did what you were able to do for mm -hmm. me. I like how Pastor Steve said it before where um, in giving advice to someone, he said, if, if it's like 100% of your of your parents' influence on you and 99% is garbage and only 1% is honorable, then point out that 1%. That's what it means to honor, to say, that's what you did for me. Thank mm -hmm. you for that. For that memory, mm -hmm. you know, for that legacy. Mm -hmm. um, there. Yeah, I feel like I also want to say this to like sons and daughters na, lalo na sa Pilipinas, no? Meron tayong utang na loob um, mentality. Yeah. Na because you just know that your mom has given up so much for you doesn't mean that you must give up all of your life in return. Yeah. Um, if it, I mean, all we need, I think, is a deep appreciation and understanding from mm -hmm. our children that we've gone through so much for you. And that's it. If yeah. you appreciate that, if you understand that, and if you always remember that, I think that's more than enough. It shouldn't tell you to stop your very own calling in your own life. Yeah. And whatever you feel like is, you know, syempre, may mga mali at saka tama naman yung mom, eh, di ba? And if you don't, if you want to discontinue something that you've learned from your mom that is wrong, don't feel like you're doing a bad job as yeah. a child because you have your own life. Mm -hmm. Your life is not, you're not existing just so you could please one person in the world and that's your mom. No, that you're not existing for that. Yeah. You exist because of the calling of God in your life. And your mom was part mm -hmm. of shaping you. But that's not the end of things. You're not supposed to turn out into that person that your mom wants you to be. Yeah. Because we, if, I mean, I'd be scared if Philip turned out to be the person that I exactly want him to be because I'm not I can't design perfect things I don't, I can't design something that suits the person that God had created him to be yeah I, I like what you said sweetheart and that goes back to putting God in the right place eh? and I'm glad that you brought this up because especially in the Philippines uh, and other collectivist nations like mm -hmm. that where people feel like I know this is what God's telling me to do. Or maybe I'm not even that sure, but I know this is hurting me. Mm -hmm. I know this is bad for my marriage. I know this is bad for our financial freedom. And yet, my parents, eh. Right. And it's so hard to go against that. And uh, that's our question and answer for the day. Already, yeah. Yeah. Question and answer. Okay. Okay, is it abrupt ba? No. I mean, we're still on the topic. Yeah. Okay lang. Go. What's the question ba? Well, this person describes like a very um, long family history. And we don't have to get into that. But she said something. Uh, I think this is a, a female. Yeah. Uh, she said, my question is, how do I deal with my parents about this? I've been asking God about it too. I know that I should honor my parents. But now that I'm, and she gives her age, she's an adult. How does honoring my parents look like? And how do I honor them when I sometimes think that they are toxic? And that's the reality. And really, this is a big part of adulting. To be able to hear from God, not just what your parents are saying 
and you're allowed to, you're not just allowed to do that, you should do that. You should do that. I'm grateful to my dad for for giving me that push where he would sometimes say, you pray, I don't think you should, but you pray, and I will respect you for making the call. So I found that honestly terrifying because it's like, wait. It's on you. It's on me. Yeah, he put it all on me. But that's what trained me to to hear from God. Even marrying you, you know, he was like, okay, think about it. You're going to face these things. I'll help you, but you're the one who's going to face all of these things. So you think about it, okay? So, uh, But that's the way to grow adults, uh, citizens, a strong country, if people are able to do that while staying in relationship with one another. Actually, for parents, the best is you start young you start them young like yeah. even as kids you train them to make good choices yeah. which means you get out of the way of making the choice for them and letting them feel the consequences of yes. bad choices yeah exactly because i mean it starts with little things like what you're going to eat diba mm-hmm. yung ganun yun naman yung usual issue issue mo pag bata ka eh, na ano ba yung kakainin mo you make them feel that they are empowered to make their own choice and also at the same time face the consequences of their own choices yeah I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about like the big na parang, okay, mag, mag-commute ka na, six years old ka pa lang. <laughs> well, if they were Japanese, that would be possible. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So age-appropriate so cool. dapat. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys watched um <coughs> Something in the Rain. There was a part there when Jung Hae-in was actually He's the guy. going against the mom of Jinna, of Sonia Jin in, in the Teles area. So the boyfriend... I mean, sorry, not the Teles area. The doesn't have the approval of the girlfriend's mom. And um, I just super love that scene where he was very clear that I'm not going to allow you to do this to your child. And I'm not going to follow what you want us to do. You, he wouldn't let them control him. Yes. Them. Right. But... I am going to do it the most honorable way possible. He was talking so respectfully to the mom. And the mom was even like trying to hit him and like physically. And he was just so honorable in the way that he was refusing. So you can refuse naman kasi. Yeah. But in an honorable way, yeah. in a respectful way. So na ako naniniwala talaga ako na wag mo itaas yung boses mo. I mean, it's very hard. And it's also very hard to bite your tongue and not say something that they you feel like they deserve to hear. Mm-hmm. But that's where honor comes in. Eh? Mm-hmm. How it's the how it's the whole method of how am I going to go against your wishes? Because I really feel strongly that that's not where God yeah. is uh, calling me to go. Right, and that's why you know um, I, I keep saying this. I keep bringing this up, Deba, but. You can't just have the personal set of connections. Eh? You also need to have relational and collectivist. And for us, it's our church. And where would we be if not for like the Ponzalans or or or, or the Folientes, or people in our lives have spoken into us, or even like Tito Butch and Tita Jofi Bautista, who who we talk to them and they they've given us advice, and it's like, oh yeah, there is another way of being, mm-hmm. not just. The Bonifacio or the Perelejo way. Yeah. There, there's like tons of other options, not just mm-hmm. our own ways. And so when you have that, it strengthens your ability right. to hear from God because now you have multiple options. So for, for this person, uh, what is God telling you to do? 
And if you don't know, who can help you find out? Diba? Who are those godly mentors and relationships in your life? Who can help you find Basta out? rule of thumb lang namin sa buhay, kaming dalawa is, hindi mo kayang, you can't decide everything all on your own. I mean, yes, there are some you decisions that are... You will make the final are, decision. Are, yeah, and that they're very clear to you right in the beginning, ah, ito yung tama, ito yung mali. May mga ganun naman. Na, yep. No thinking required. <laughs> obvious na obvious na talaga na kung ano yung kailangan mo na decision. But for things like this, where you feel like there are a lot of gray areas and you're really confused also because like you were brought up a certain way and you have a culture that's like this and you don't know if if it's time to get out of that culture and make a new one. I We really, we really are for having a community. Mm-hmm. Like community that could... And you have to choose well. These people who will, I'm not saying the whole community can speak into your life, yep. but a handful who are your trusted yep. people that are wise, um, that are outside of your intimate relationships in life. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even between the two of us, diba? if I take everything that you tell me to be true and, you know, unchallenged. Oh man, kawawa tayo. Oh, kawawa tayo. Ganun din ako, diba? So we need somebody outside mm-hmm. for check and balance. Yes. Checks and balance. Checks and balance. So important. Yes. In family, so important. In government, so important. In life. Kaya, kailangan yun. Yes. Kunin yun. Anyway, on that note, do we have anything else, sweetheart? I think wala na. Gosh, this was long. I didn't yeah. think we were going to talk so long about motherhood. And we could still go on. I know. We're I like mean, holding back on so much because, material. I mean, like motherhood is just so, it's a huge topic. And if you guys have, if you are on our FB group, please do comment and answer the question, what was the best thing that you learned from your mom? Yeah, that's going to show up on Anything Goes with Joe and Carla at the Facebook group. Also, if you want to email us, you can email Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. That's it. Bye.